once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. We are here today with music extraordinaire, Francis Roberts. And first, I just want to say thank you for being here today. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, nice talking to both of you, Curtis, Corey. Um, I uh, I don't think I've ever been referred to as a music extraordinaire before. I, yeah, well, I you're think an extraordinaire like to me. And if you're, Curtis you're, you're has never special. told you that, then he is a failure. <laughs> also, as a note, just to begin, the reason why we have no audio is because there was a wardrobe malfunction at the beginning. And I'm not going to say no video. Here, Corey. Yeah. Or that's why no video. Yeah, no video is because there was a wardrobe malfunction just beforehand with Francis, not me, obviously. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, it was... <laughs> I, was spilled, I, I spilled coffee on my shirt, but Curtis peed his pants. <laughs> and I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just along for the Corey's, ride. Corey's cat had an accident on her lap right at the beginning. Um, yeah, that says it. We're going to make you wonder why there's no video. What went wrong? What horrible disfigurement does one of us have? <laughs> yeah, it, it, if you if you if you watch the the if you watch the 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 video um, content that I'm on later today, you'll know that it wasn't me. <laughs> oh my god, you're recording this, you asshole! Okay, <laughs> fuck. Now I can't use you as the excuse. Um, but anyways, moving right along. Anyway, yes. back to the topic at hand. Yes. Uh, for people who don't really know and aren't really familiar with you, Francis, why don't you give us like the nutshell version of who you are, what you do, all the different projects that you're in. I know there's a ton, um, but, you know, just give us the, the condensed version. Okay. Um, I, I guess I like to think of myself as a sort of like a producer and like songwriter composer more than anything else. Um, that's, I, I, that's sort of my primary thing. And that's the thing that got me into playing in bands and, um, the active projects that I'm in right now are, uh, old man wizard and King Gorm. And uh, I also release a great deal of um, like uh, I what I would say is like cinematic music. Um, some of it would be uh, dungeon synth and some of it would be like soundtrack work, things like that. Um, and I'm into synthesizers. I, uh, I play guitar. I'm not that into guitar, but I'm I'm. I'm not bad at the instrument and I so I end up playing it on a lot of my recordings because I I like the way it sounds in an arrangement. <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm full disclosure I'm really not into the instrument. Um I just used to be and so I got good at it. <laughs> Wait, don't uh, you don't you teach? Don't you teach that or what? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, okay, I, keep going. I, keep going. Yeah, I, I I um I teach I teach music production um classes and I uh, teach uh guitar lessons. Um Okay. Fair. Uh, yeah. Keep going. My, my students know that I'm my students know that I don't like guitar that much. <laughs> it's not I try not to make it too much of a secret. <laughs> Please pay me even though I hate doing this, but yes, okay. Yeah. You, you're um I can be more objective about it when I when I don't love it as much. I, I love the result. Fair. I don't love the instrument. Fair. So what what else what else do you got going on, Francis? So so that's just a few of your things. Yeah. Um I don't know. The most exciting thing that's happened to me uh, this 
in the last year or so is um, finding out that a, a movie I did some music for is going to get a theater release. Um, awesome. The first time that's ever happened to me. Uh, so I'm super excited. I like cried when I saw the news. I was like, oh my God, like just that's overwhelmed awesome. with emotion. Um, and um, yeah, that's, I mean, absolutely the, the most exciting thing that's happened to me um, I, I in think, a very I long think, time. I think the most exciting thing that's ever happened to you is you got to be a guest on Greg Kennelly's album. <laughs> that's true yeah um i actually um i um i'm actually uh, i really like his uh, ambient stuff and i'm um, i do too i am um his next release i i'm gonna i'm 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 actually mastering it are you um yeah um, cool he was asking about it and i was like hey i'll i'll um send it over to me and let me let me see what you've got and i'll give you some tips and i i sent him back something and he's like this is great um and nice. I was like, you can use it. So uh, nice. I actually redid it. And um, I said the, the first, first one's free, basically. That's that's kind of what I do. <laughs> yeah. If you if you like it and you don't, and you can't reproduce it, you can pay me for the next one. But um, nice. I, I just want people's music, especially when it's music that I like. I want it to sound yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I had to throw Greg in there just because he's like a Coco co-host now. So we, we had to plug him just for some reason. He's a, he's a really nice dude <laughs> he is so <clears throat> before we go into anything else um let's talk about youtube youtube okay. your uh, main main uh, social media well maybe not your main social media thing but i know the one that you're mainly not mainly but are focused on um can you kind of go over what it is that you do with your youtube because it's not it is music related but it's it's teaching related right so if you can go over that a bit yeah. Um, so I, I guess um, the big thing with YouTube and is that it's it's been um, it takes a, a a great deal of effort to make uh, any any type of content yep. that's even remotely meaningful for yep. for um, a platform that's focused on video like that. Um, I think like TikTok and YouTube are both things that that take a, a lot of work to. Um, to make good content for because it's you have to be visually engaging as well as um you know saying the right things and yep. uh showing what you do so a, a big part of the reason it seems to be a big focus is because it's um it has to be to be on it at all yeah. so um i got into doing it i i used to just put stuff up periodically like i took down most of my old videos because they were just I, I would just store jokes for friends up there and um mm. it, I um, was working with some friends who do a, an event called Northeast Engine Siege. Um, mm -hmm. And they were doing like a music production series mm -hmm. for their channel. Yeah. Um, and I, um, they asked me to make some videos for it. And mm -hmm. I did that and um, I liked them. So I put them up on my, on my YouTube channel after I, uh, after they were done like showing it, it was like a, a show on Twitch basically. And my, my series was basically like the commercial break on it. Yep. Um, and after doing that, um, I realized I enjoyed doing it and I wanted to make more of them. So I continued that series on my YouTube channel and, um, sort of thought very little of it. And then people started following it and liking it. And I started getting messages from people that were like saying that I had inspired them to get back into music. So I was like, Shit, I, nice. guess I, I might as well keep doing this. Um, and I was starting to notice that by creating this uh, content that was basically just about here's how I make stuff. Um, very like, I, I guess like Bob Ross asked, like, um, here's, here's like a, a some happy little synthesizers. 
Exactly. Yeah. And it, like <laughs> a, a lot of the stuff I make is rather uh, complex, but I also mm -hmm. enjoy making stuff that's, that's very simple. Um, and I think that showing the process of, of both, like here's something that um, you could follow along with this video and, and just end up with a very similar result. Um, mm -hmm. Is I, I can see why it's fun to watch. And since I started doing that, I started following other channels that do similar stuff and find that I enjoy watching other people do that. And it's, it's sort of helped me get it because um, mm -hmm. initially I didn't really get why someone would want that or why people would want to consume that content and uh, by making it and having people compare me to stuff, I'll check out the stuff people compare me to and be like, oh, now I get it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a great deal of it's educational content. I try to do some stuff about my own things. I've been trying to slowly archive um, past work as like full album YouTube streams just because I like uh, I like those personally. Yeah. Um, and it's just there's just so much crap to put up and um, I, I try to I try to post twice a week on YouTube and it's it's a great deal of work. <laughs> well, yeah, no kidding. What but you're doing okay, so you're doing twice a week at least but you also do don't you do a stream on top of that once every couple of weeks on top of the two posts or am I mental? Um, I do I, I tend to do one to two streams a week as well. Oh, that's, that's um, it per week. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, I don't have a um, um, a schedule for it. Yeah, I've okay. been working on trying to put together a stream schedule because uh, the streams are um, becoming quite popular with my followers. I'm getting more and more people watching them. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> because of the way I present them, people tend to watch the recaps, which yep. is which is cool. Um, but yeah, I, I try to do a stream where I uh, work on music like from scratch or work on a project that I've that I've been working on. Yeah. Um, at least once a week. And yeah. I do other ones too. Like I, I'll, uh, the last few months I've been like going shopping on Bandcamp on stream on, yeah. on Bandcamp Fridays. And yeah. people have been <laughs> loving that. People love watching you spend money. <laughs> people love watching you spend money. That, that's like the best, that's like the best quote I've ever heard. Yeah. People love what it's like living vicariously, like watching someone else spend money and like egging them on, like, here's something you could buy. And then I go buy it. Like, it's so, that's amazing. It's so, it's so fun for people to watch that like money spent should, that's not theirs. Corinne, you should do that too for your Bandcamp roulette one of these days. I've been thinking about it. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> you should you should force Francis to make you guest on his Bandcamp Friday one one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> How long is uh, is Bandcamp doing any more? I thought it was um maybe one more and then they're done. I'm pretty sure it's just one more. Do you know, Corinne? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty. It's one more and uh, then it's done. But I mean, I'm still gonna do Bandcamp roulette every Friday. So yeah, well, you know, you know what we could do? We could we could make our own Bandcamp Friday every month, and then you could just you could just do it, Francis. That's true. Um, I, I I probably will continue doing it anyway, but um, it's sort of like as a what what I do to to create those streams is I have a like a shopping list document mm -hmm. yep. in which I um just essentially copy paste Bandcamp links when someone recommends stuff. I don't listen to that much music personally. Mm -hmm. Um. Like I, I've seen other musicians make this comparison and um, it was extremely relatable to me. Um, and I don't know how many other musicians feel like this, but um, since I do, I don't have like a, um, a job that isn't music related, mm -hmm. um, not working and then mm -hmm. like listening to music, especially if it's music similar to the stuff that I make, um, mm -hmm. feels like I'm still working. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like a break. It's not relaxing. Um, and it's yep. uh, the comparison that I've seen. I, I've seen uh, Ginger Baker, who was the drummer in Cream and Hans mm -hmm. Zimmer, who's a uh, film composer and also 
the he was with the Buggles. Uh, video killed yeah. the radio star. A lot of people don't know that that Hans Zimmer was the keyboard player in the Buggles. I, I didn't know that. that. That that's a piece of trivia. I, I just found out. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, I've I've heard both of them make this comparison in interviews that um, listening to music when you're not making music as a professional musician is like a lot like you know. Um, having like a conversation with your family about buses when you get home as a professional bus driver like yeah it's like not what you want to be doing <laughs> yeah so like i'm like playing video games or um you know drawing or reading or something like that most of the time and i i don't um well i i get really distracted uh by music i, I like yeah. focus on details in it and um hear stuff that i want to try to recreate and i'm just i can't turn that off so i i have to um you know, <laughs> wrap myself up in a blanket and be quiet for a while afterward. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying because I know the same thing will happen to me occasionally with metal. Because I mean, I, pr I primarily deal with metal bands. I mean, I I have to listen to something else at the end of the day sometimes because you're just like not another death metal band. Yeah, I've been poser. doing this all day. <laughs> I can I I can't listen to um to another death metal band when I've been like yeah. involved with something similar to death metal for. Yeah, a while. <laughs> yeah, it, you yeah. get you get you get a bit burnt out, but I mean, I mean, I still enjoy it. It's just like it does feel like work. I I totally know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Um, Corinne, you want to take over about Twitter next? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, because you are you're pretty active on Twitter. You've got you know good engagement and everything like that. And that's an area that a lot of bands they really struggle with, especially when it comes to getting started. So like, how did you? I don't know if you had that kind of a barrier or that kind of a problem where you just couldn't really get into it at first, but if you did, how did you break through that? And like, what other ways would you suggest bands get started actually being engaging on Twitter? Okay. So, you know, that uh, thing that happens sometimes where like Taco oh Bell will, will tweet at Wendy's and be like, Oh, yep. the Crunchwrap Supreme is so much better than your stupid hamburger patty whatever, whatever yeah. they do. Yep. Um, and it's kind of cringy. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was the the barrier for me was that like why would a band go interact with somebody and say something like I, I think people follow a band's twitter to receive news about that band mm -hmm. and you have to be really really careful when you uh, try to interact with people or post stuff that's completely unrelated to your band because the people mm -hmm. that are following your band's account for news about the band like tour dates new releases stuff like that don't want to see a lot of that stuff most of the time that's just yep. like in, in the way. So um, f figuring out a way to make your content uh, related to your project and um, related to your band and appropriate to people that are following you um, was the big uh, the big hurdle for me. And the the way past it was like um, I, essentially I've been I've been working for a while on trying to rebrand um, myself as a um, like I said like a producer, a composer, a songwriter because that's essentially what I've been doing this whole time. And um, yeah it it gets confusing for people when it's like um uh, when uh, there's so many different names so many different project names so many different bands so the thing that helped me get in um involved with twitter was making an account that was just me um yeah. and saying here's some stuff and like you can follow me if you want to be a fan of my stuff of my writing and here's my band's accounts which don't post a lot um uh, they'll post news uh, they will post things uh, like relating to new releases, tour dates, stuff like that. 
and I will retweet all that stuff here. So if you are a fan of all my stuff, you can just follow me. You don't even have to follow my band accounts. Um, a lot of famous bands, you'll see their accounts and they'll have like, you know, 2.5 million followers and following one, one account or zero accounts. And it's because mm -hmm. um, that's really not, I, 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 as far as I can tell, that's really not what people are using, uh, are following bands and uh, stuff like that on Twitter for. They don't, yep. I don't think they really want that. And um, I have seen people do it very successfully and it sort of becomes part of your brand and people expect that. And I think the thing you have to, you have to recognize is that if you're posting memes, if you're posting, um, interacting with people, making jokes, uh, a lot of people will start following you and not want the content about your band. Yeah. Uh, they just want to, they, they, they want to be friends with the person behind the account. They don't want, they don't care about the music and, um, that, that can be okay. But I think it's, it's important to recognize that like a lot of times people just don't care about your music if they're fo following your account and because you post a lot of memes and stuff. Well, I want to point out, I, I, I'm not a fan of your dungeon synth. I'm just a fan of your other music, but I like you as a person. So when you put, when you post that stuff, it's like, eh, but we still interact. So there's a good example right there. Uh -huh, yeah. And, um, I don't expect, uh, a lot of people to like that stuff. It's a yeah, pretty exactly. niche thing. And, um, exactly. I, I also don't expect a lot of people to like uh, stuff like King Gorm or old man wizard. It's, um, it's not for everyone. It's for, I, I write that music for me. Um, and yeah. you know, the, I guess the saying is like, if you're like one in a million, there's like, um, 320 of you in the United States and exactly. around the whole world, uh, quite a bit more. So, uh, yep. those people, if you're writing music for yourself, you just have to find those people. And, you know, it's a, it's enough fans to, to give you a career. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree on that. One, one more point before like Corinne asks the next question though, is, is I also want to point out though, that I think that your diversity is a strength though, at the same time, because, it makes you more rounded, more well-rounded, I think. And people will kind of look at, up to you now as being more of a creative person than just stuck into one genre. You know what I mean? Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I can, I can see how it could, um, add some type of, um, air of credibility yeah. to me, especially as, especially as like a producer, um, or as yeah. some, like, um, something that started happening is, um, because I got into doing other stuff, I started getting asked to be like, oh, can you do music for this short film? Or mm -hmm. can you do like, uh, like add keyboards to my song? All that type of stuff that I've been doing is literally the result of just publishing uh, content of myself doing that. Cause I've always been doing that. Uh, yeah. I just didn't really advertise it. Like, I don't think I, um, I, it might be in the credits of one of the Old Man Wizard albums that I played keyboards, but I played keyboards on, uh, on the first two Old Man Wizard albums. And, um, I think that just the fact that I, I didn't draw attention to that. A, a lot of people don't even notice that there's keyboards there. Um, yeah, I didn't until you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it's, um, I mean, I mean, did you know there's, there's like synthesizers on like all the early system of a down albums, like a lot of metal bands, like the high production value stuff, they'll put keyboards and like uh sound effects and samples in the in the tracks and they just you just put them back in the mix far enough that you're you're really just listening for um the uh, the guitars and the singer and stuff like that and a lot of people just won't notice that stuff it's the same way in like a disney movie when someone starts singing like yeah. the soundtrack sort of follows it and accompanies the singing even though yeah. that you know there's no orchestra on the screen yeah uh, yep. and we, we just gotten used to it culturally. I think just the expectation that, um, something that's really good will get backed up by stuff and you just tune out the backup, yep. but it's still there. Yep. No, 
I agree. Uh, Corinne, you got any follow-up for Twitter before we move on? No, I think it's it's a really interesting perspective because I'm kind of opposite from, from Francis in that I like to see bands, you know, telling jokes and posting memes and showing more of their personality on Twitter rather than just tour updates and everything like that. And so I guess I'm, I don't know if I'm in the minority there or if- well, He that does that too though. Yeah, I know, so, but even the band accounts, like, I, I don't know, if it was all like tour updates and news, it would get kind of boring for me. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to fight now. Let's hear the fight. Well, okay, back, so I back, um, I don't think I don't think it needs to be only tour updates and news. I think it 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 can be like um stuff that the the, the stuff that's related to the the bands. Like I think that um saying like, "Oh, you know, so and so has this like something that I, I think I posted recently was like from the old man wizard account was like Andre, our bass player, like here's a video of Andre uh, covering this song. Yeah. And it's like, that's mm -hmm. not, it has nothing to do with old man wizard. Uh, yeah. Other than the fact that our, it's like, here's a video of our bass player playing guitar on a cover song of some yeah. weird thing. And it's, it's like, it's it's still related to music it's still related to us as people and musicians but it's not related directly to old man wizard and i think that i try to keep it like in the orbit at least um yeah when i do that stuff and it was it was very memey it was like a it was like a um he'll do <laughs> he's got a really funny taste um <laughs> well hold on one second i want to point out one something i think i think what you do now correct me if i'm wrong now you keep it the way you're saying but you do a lot of responses at the same time. You know what um, I mean? Sort of. Or am I crazy? That's I mean, I, like I, I do that from my I do that from my personal account. Like I said, um, I, I mean. yeah. a big piece of what I do is like uh, I'll use like the old man wizard account to like retweet stuff from Andre's account, stuff from Chris's account, stuff from my I'm account. Following that account, I got to look. Keep talking, Francis. I I don't. You probably are, and I don't post on it a lot. I Maybe. I mostly just retweet stuff from uh from me, Chris, and Andre, and um occasionally we'll post updates relating to the band. So I'm very I'm very conservative with with what I post from the actual Old Man Wizard account. So you're saying like as a band, that's how you feel, but as a person, Francis Roberts, you mix it up. Yeah, I think Old Man Wizard that account is is there to boost Chris, to boost Andre, and to boost me, and okay. to post stuff about Old Man Wizard, uh, and that's sure. what I that's the purpose of that account to me. Um, and cool. I I like I said I, I've seen people that are very successful with um, using their band account as an extension of themselves. Yeah. But um, I I guess what I what I'm worried about is that I find that confusing because I do so many projects and Fair. I don't want people to like. Um, well, I, I I find that a lot of people want to know, like, oh, what else do these people do? So I try to yeah. use the band account to boost the people that are in the band. So like, when I post on uh, from like King Gorm's Instagram page, I'll post stuff about Beekeeper because it's like, mm -hmm. here's this really cool thing that our drummer does that's completely different from what we do. But it's like, if you like the drumming on this album, here's another side of that of that character, basically. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Corinne, do you have a counter shot to that one? No, it's, I guess I'm still like, even if it's like music related memes, um, like there's a, there's an account that I follow that they do a lot of music related memes, metal related memes, and, you know, kind of joking and that kind of stuff. And I, 
I still really appreciate that account. And it actually keeps it, I feel more engaged with the bands when they let more of their personality show through on the band account specifically. Again, I could be totally in the minority here and super wrong, but it's it's just, that's my preference. <laughs> Yeah, so I um I don't think I I actually don't even I I don't even think you're probably in the minority um but um I um I'm trying to think of uh how I want to say this I guess I guess I um the the longer I've played in in bands and the longer I've been doing this the more I recognize that um most people that even people that are like fans of uh, of a band um well as almost like especially people that are fans of the band they almost don't care what the music mm -hmm. is um like if you showed them a like a ton of music that was all really like in their in their taste uh, they are attracted to your band um because of uh, who the band is in a lot of ways so i think that like um what corey what you're saying corey is um very like relevant to that like knowing that this band is like this is their sense of humor and you get these like you feel like you have these inside jokes of the band is really <laughs> helpful to a lot of people but uh, at the same time i um i like to encourage uh people to follow the people that are in the band uh, because that's what the band is the band is a combination of those people right um and i mean in the case of something like old man wizard it's like here's a bunch of music that i wrote that's yeah. performed by these people so like here's some some other music that i wrote and here's some other music that those people performed and maybe like something that i'll post from old man wizard for example is like uh chris has another band called platypus egg that's completely different and i'll be like here's some music that chris wrote um don't expect to like it if you are follow if you like us for our music but like i, I won't say that necessarily but it's like yeah th that's sort of the subtext it's like chris doesn't write music in old man wizard and if you want to yeah. know what they write here here it is Mm -hmm. yeah do we, do we so, have more twitter i just have one question one more question i'm sorry yeah in in the the you know the times that we're in right now when people they can't be touring and maybe they haven't written any new music or anything like that what would you suggest that they post um if not like humorous stuff or responding to other people or retweeting or or that that kind of stuff what band related things would you suggest that they post when they don't have anything new are you telling me that um if uh, the people that have access to twitter don't have a way to uh, to record themselves making new content <laughs> i'm just saying what if they haven't written anything new well they should write something new <laughs> there's no there's okay. no excuse if you, if you can post to twitter you're probably doing it from your phone or your computer and like uh, i mean like i understand if you if you like are you know in dire straits and you don't have any uh any resources but at that point you need to focus on you know like getting back on your feet um almost everyone that's like that has time to be in a band um has like a phone that can record audio and video and if you have an instrument like people are understanding of that like um write a song and just record a video of yourself that's a lot of people got famous like that like justin bieber for example got famous just posting covers of songs like on youtube um yeah from like, it, like, they're not good quality videos. They're not pro recordings. Like people don't care. I think that there's this misconception that like, you need to record in a famous studio. Like bedroom recordings have been winning Grammys. Billie Eilish yeah. and Phineas um, 
recording in in their bedroom at their parents house and it's yep. like i've seen the setup it's it's not like what people think of as pro it's it's a it's like a, a macbook with logic it's like that's that's like if you have if you have a, a laptop already that's an extra two to three hundred dollars of software and you're literally on the same like on the same playing field as stuff that's winning grammys so like there's no excuse learn learn how to use the software or or just take a video of yourself and post it because um if you put the video in the right spot and you get the lighting right uh using sunlight you don't need to buy fancy lights like there's really no excuse you should be just making new content okay no the reason i ask is because i've had a lot of uh a lot of bands you know blaming the pandemic and everything like that oh, we can't record anything new because xyz is closed down because of the pandemic so i just wanted your take on the situation yeah um and i've seen a, a lot of people doing stuff you get you can get really creative like um mm -hmm. here's a here's me playing here's the drum part by itself of this song like i can't get together with my bandmates because of the pandemic um and here's like a cell phone video of that if you put the cell phone in like right in front of the drum kit, it's gonna sound like shit. Um, it's it, the it's gonna overload the microphone in it. But move it around the room. Uh, try a few things, and at a certain point, you're gonna find a spot in the room where you can see what you're doing, and it sounds pretty good. And yeah. I think your fans will appreciate that that you're putting in effort and you're showing like here's here's what I've been doing. What have you What have you guys been doing? Um, you know, ask ask questions, get some engagement. Um, if you're the guitar player, if you're the singer of the band, like make some vocal covers lip sync stuff on on TikTok. like have fun with it like it's it's um we're all sort of stuck here and um i've been getting so much better at recording um as a result of not getting to do other stuff and uh i'm i'm loving it but i was loving it before like i i was putting together a home studio before the pandemic so mm -hmm. um i i'm definitely lucky in that way that i have like like pro quality stuff that i can put up but um I've seen a lot of people putting out like absolutely not pro quality stuff. And I mean, actually I've got some new songs that I'm, I'm going to be putting out that are collaborations with people that don't have pro quality stuff where it's like, you know, you, <laughs> you can uh, interact online and uh, I can give people instructions like, Hey, here's where you can set up the mic to make it work. Here's how you can set it up so that it's going to sync up with my files. Um, you just get one person in the group that's got, a pro quality setup or a semi-pro quality setup and have have them give you directions and um and put it together figure out a way to make it work because it, it it can and it will and it's and stuff that's being done on that level is winning grammys so there's no excuse all right no 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 uh we're gonna run out of time if i keep following up with this one so i'll go ahead and let you ask the next question curtis because i've been cool. monopolizing well, well, I, I, I want, I want to follow up now on that one before we go into image. I don't think we have enough time to do image, but um, so I want to point out something though. I'm going to get combative here. Combative? Oh, this is going to be like the this is going to be good. Episode. This is going to be this. No, no, no. It's not. It's no. It's not combative at all. That's what makes really. good content though. That's that's what makes it fun to listen to and engaging. Exactly. I think. Well, C squared it's not, Mortal Kombat. It, it's not combative. It's it's more like I want to make a point though. I think one thing one thing about you, Francis. Though when you say that though is like you work really fucking hard right and i think that's a true. lot of bands don't <laughs> you know what okay I, mean? that, that, I guess that i guess that's fair yeah that's so, that's, that's my only point like i want to i can i can actually thing. bring up another point relating to that uh one of sure. the people that i uh who's I, you know i said i, I watch uh, i've been following a lot of youtube channels that do similar stuff to me um yep. one of the people who i follow is uh tom hulkenborg who's um okay. 
he did he he's a film composer he works in holly in hollywood um on big movies uh uh like stuff like avengers and like um I don't know, like uh, the new, the latest Mad Max movie, Sonic the Hedgehog, stuff like that. Uh, nice. Really, really high budget stuff. And yeah. uh, he does a great deal of the work himself. And mm -hmm. he says on his channel, it's like, um, he's basically working like until the movie comes out. These days, like because stuff is digital, you can do revisions and you can change stuff and fix stuff all the yeah. way until the deadline. So as long as you create the deadline for yourself or you have a project manager doing that for you, you, um, it's not done until that deadline hits. And the most recent revision that you've sent out by the time the deadline hits is the finished product. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the idea is that um, you can work as hard as you want, but as, uh, if you aren't setting deadlines for yourself and you're not deciding this is when stuff gets published, um, yeah. you're not gonna get anything uh, tangible done. Um, and the other thing is that you really have to love working hard on this stuff. It's not, um, you have to love it to the point where it almost doesn't even feel like work. Yep. Um, otherwise there's people out there that like, um, that are going to be doing it and working yep. that hard. Um, yep. and I think that, um, there's this, like, there's this idea that like, oh my God, I wish I could play like Guthrie Govan or something like that. Like, I really, I, I wish I could play like Guthrie Govan when I play mm -hmm. guitar. Like that would be great. Um, yep. I'll never be as good as Guthrie Govan because I don't like playing guitar as much as he does. And mm -hmm. that's the, at the end of the day, that's really what ends up mattering. And I'll have students that are like, how do I practice to get good? And it's like, you're not going to get that good unless you like it as much as that person. And if yeah. you don't like it as much as that person, then um, find the stuff that you do like and get good at that. And at the end of the day, it's like, you're really good at this style. And this seems to be what you like doing. So if you focus on that, that's the style that you will get that good at. But you're not going to get good at a style of playing that you don't like playing. Like yeah. if it feels like work, you're going to get burnt out. And yeah. um, the stuff, when you see people that are just incredible at something, they either have been forced to do it since childhood or they yeah. love it more than anything in the whole world. And like, um, if I work 18 hours in a day on a project, I'm not doing that because I wanna work hard and I'm hustling. I'm doing yeah. that because I forgot to eat lunch because I was having fun. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it, it. I didn't mean to work for 18 hours. I thought I was working for an hour and I was having fun. We, we've never had this, have we, Corinne? Oh, no, I've never lost track of time due this, to work. This, this never happens at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's a great point, though. Well, that's the thing with with, with art, music, um, certain certain types of, uh, of, of fields, like that's um, the people that are doing better work than you like what they're doing more than you do. Yeah, it doesn't feel even, like work to them. And it might not even be necessarily that they're that they're doing better work, but they're getting better results in terms of whatever it is for sales or income or whatever too because sometimes those people are better at that well, and they have an obsession with getting their music out they're also more confident than you are um yeah and yeah. that's the thing you'll learn if you watch interviews with anyone that's extremely famous is like they'll say stuff and you'll be like wait no no you and you see like regular fans getting mad in the comments about stuff like that's yeah. incorrect and it's like they did it confidently and look where they got um yeah. And it's, it's like, it, it, it only becomes a problem sometimes, like when people are looking to them for like education or for like, how do I, how do I copy this? And it's like, yeah. no, you, by copying that, you end up exactly where you don't want. You have to copy the confidence and you have to read into the subtext and uh, how they got there wasn't, wasn't what they did. It was the fact that they were so confident in what they did 
and presented yeah. it so confidently that um you know it's like it's it, it's like um you look at like uh, harrison ford for example like what got yeah. him famous was um confidently delivering stuff that wasn't in the script yep it's so, like if he just mm -hmm. did his job and like said i love you too in star wars it's like no one would care but yeah. he's like that's not what the character would do so i'm just going to do a better job because i'm so confident that this is a better job and it's not a better line necessarily it really isn't but the way he delivered it feels so much more like the character that it was a better product and when you're like writing a song or playing guitar in a band or whatever it is that you're doing it's not about you it's about the product like and the product is the combination of everything from like your part in the song to the song to the way the band performs the song, to the lighting on the stage, to the front of house sound, which is the result of the monitor mix on the stage, uh, to the person managing the venue uh, and the promoter making sure people come to the show, and the way the people react to the songs on the stage because the vibe in the room affects the performance in a, in a big way. And anyone that's mm -hmm. played a, a show to an empty room knows that. Um, mm -hmm. It's a combination of all of this stuff. And uh, a lot of people let their ego get in the way and they think that, you know, it's like, well, I, I'm a better guitarist than this person. Like yep. I'm a better guitarist than Ed Sheeran. Why is he famous? Like, cause yep. people don't care about his guitar playing. He's yep. a better songwriter than you and he's got a better team. <laughs> yep. What was that? Curtis, are you there? Curtis is cutting out. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're cutting out really you guys bad. Hear me now? Yep. Yep, I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> Did you have a follow-up? Questions? Oh, you cut out still again. Cutting out. I do if you if you don't. You're still cutting out, Curtis. Okay, hold on. Oh, there you How are. How about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah. No. Yes. I'm back. Okay. Well, maybe yep, you're back. Okay. And uh, didn't no. Work. <laughs> I think uh, we're, we're permanently losing Curtis. <laughs> Curtis is only available when he's saying, "Can you hear me now?" <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> maybe is he back? Nope. Are, nope. Are you guys okay. back? Are we back or are we back? No, you're not back. You you keep cutting out. The only thing we can hear is, "Am I back?" <laughs> this is great. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and continue. And okay. uh, yeah. So no, I totally agree with you that I mean, people need to carve their own path. They need to find what they're passionate about because it's definitely it'll always show through when they're not. Yeah. And it looks like we lost Curtis permanently anyway, so you're stuck with me now. <laughs> cool. Um, but on that whole carving their own path, we only have about five minutes left, um, but I just want to touch on one topic really quick. You have a pretty, you know, unique and distinctive image. So as part of carving their own path, do you think it's important for musicians or bands to create an image that is something that's really distinct or that stands out. And I mean, I'm thinking of like, you know, Hair Knox and his image or the Inferno doll and her image. They all have that really distinct, like, you know, what's up. 
do you think that that's important or that it's something that's kind of like auxiliary and you should only really do it if it's something you think is going to be fun and that you are you really believe in um it has to be it has to be something that you really believe in um mm -hmm. and again it's um you will be overtaken by people that care about that if they also care about the other stuff um so it's it's very important you should you should only do it if you believe in it and um if you don't believe it and you don't do it people that do believe in it and do it will do better than you um it's kind of like a weird self-fulfilling prophecy but there are ways around it um and i've seen some really excellent ways around it um the biggest of which is having someone else be the image um mm -hmm. a lot of um i mean <laughs> uh there's a lot of just stuff that I, I that i guess people don't expect happens um and it's all sort of behind the scenes stuff. There's plenty of uh, artists that don't have an image that's a person. For example, I think a great example of that is like um, Hatsune Miku. If you're familiar with uh, with her, basically a computer generated um, artist, computer generated vocal, um, excellent songwriting, basically mm -hmm. a songwriting team that's like, hey, if we have like an anime girl as our as our face, that would be cool. And it, you know what? It's great. Uh, it's really cool. The songs are good. The producers are good. Um, and the vocal is cool because it's it's like a fake human vocal uh, that's attached to a fake person. Uh, it's great. It's a way around it. Um, so if you if you have an artist that you like working with, uh, look at the gorillas. It's a collaboration between an artist, a visual artist and a music artist. Um, mm -hmm. And the image is like, it's like, well, I'm not comfortable putting my face on it. So let's draw a cartoon character. Um, Another great example is, um, let's see, uh, someone like a, a film composer. A lot of like the, I think that the sort of classic uh, visual image of a film composer is like <laughs> like a like a, a chubby bald dude, um, mm -hmm. and you know it's because the image is the movie. Like they're working with uh, with filmmakers to create the image. So if if you don't like being the image or being the face for your music. Um, that's okay but you have to recognize that that's very very important and um if you're not the face someone has to be or something has to be um another a, a, a rock band that does this um i think really well is tool um i'm not a huge fan of their music but uh, you, their image is just like um they like what's let's get a really cool visual artist to do the album designs um, and on stage we'll just not put spotlights on the band members we'll put cool imagery on stage we'll wear weird outfits um and do stuff that makes us feel comfortable uh, playing this music in front of people and it's very um successful because it's a it's a unique image that sets them apart that they're comfortable with the image doesn't have to be you it doesn't have to be you wearing makeup it doesn't have to be you wearing a mask it doesn't have to be you in jeans and a t-shirt but it's got to be something because there's no way to upload your music to Spotify or iTunes or any of that stuff without having that square, like thumbnail image. It, there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's no, um, there's no real way to sell music without having some type of image associated with it. So ignoring that or saying it doesn't matter is um, a terrible idea because it, people see the image before they get to hear the music, like almost 100% of the time these days. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially now, because I mean, our society is just so, so visual. Yeah, absolutely. So can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. 
good. I'm back finally. It's just in time to wrap up since it's now 245. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that, guys. Apparently my my internet died and my my uh, phone internet wouldn't take over until I rebooted the phone. But um, thank you, Francis, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Going to have to have you back probably sometime in the next couple of months, if you're willing. Um, I probably will be. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Cool. cool. Um, any any final things you want to say before we wrap up the show? Um, I want everyone to see The Spine of Night. I didn't work on the whole score. I worked on a portion of it, but um, it should be in theaters in the U.S. In the, by the end of the year and um, some other parts of the world next year. Uh, I'm just so excited that I get to say that. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Is it coming to Canada? Awesome. You know? What was that? Is it coming to Canada too? Do you know or no? I'll have to look. Uh, I'm not sure. Cool. Well, let, let me know. Okay. Well, so anyways, we have to wrap up since we're short on time. So party on, Corey. Party on, Curtis. Party on. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.